0: Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. Anyway, we're in weeks three of the Nurture series and um, if you haven't been here over the last few weeks, we've been doing a series on basically like maturing and growing up. Uh, a big part of it is um, that we focus, not really focus, but we drew this whole idea of needing to grow up uh, from 1 Corinthians, and the verse is coming up, and it just talks about how when I was a child, I thought like a child, I spoke like a child, but when I grew up, I put aside childish ways, and this is something that I believe is a key for us to live that victorious, abundant life that God has for each and every one of us, because God doesn't just uh, save you and then tell you, sit there, and I'm going to throw stuff into your lap. You know that as a child, if your parents love you, they will get you to do things like chores. They will expect you to eat all the greens that you hate because they want you to grow up to be healthy. And when you are healthy, then they can give you the more that is available to you when you have grown up. And so it's the same with us spiritually. God has promised us an abundant life, but it's not something that we can access if we stay where we are at. And so we spoke uh, a couple of weeks ago about how this whole concept of growing up uh, can be linked to this idea that we need to guard our hearts. Found in Proverbs 4:23, it says, "Keep your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life." And we spoke about how keeping a heart is about putting in knowing what's important in your life and being able to guard and and watch what kind of messages gets into your heart. We don't have time to go through a full recap of that first week, Um, so you can podcast that and and you should podcast last week's message from Pastor Beck because it was brilliant. Uh, spoke about comparison and how comparison actually gets certain messages into our hearts that stop us from living out what God has for us, stop us from being able to care for the people around us. And so if you didn't hear that message, you are completely missing out. So make sure you podcast it as well. Uh, But today... I want to talk about a couple more messages that we need to watch for. Uh, And really, there are a couple of types of messages, and they come uh, uh, into our heart from different places. And we're going to unpack that because I believe that these messages in particular can stop us from stepping into the call of God on our lives. See, what I believe is that each one of us has a mission. Each one of us has a call. Each one of us has a purpose on life. On earth, the reason why we as Christians are still here is because God has saved us and then He has placed us in cooperation with Him to live out His purposes on earth. If we didn't need to do that, we would say, yes, Jesus, I accept you into my heart, and then boom, I'll be gone, because that's all it takes. You know, if, if the rest of our lives after what we call conversion uh, is, is meaningless, uh, then, then why would anyone want to be a Christian? Well, let's just live it up all the way till I'm on my deathbed, and then say, Jesus, I accept you into my life, boom, you're gone, you've lived everything you wanted to. It doesn't work that way, because God actually has a mission for you. God has a purpose for you on this earth, and that purpose is the thing that when you are living that purpose out, you will actually find that meaning and that 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 sense of fulfillment about your life. You won't just be going through that day-to-day um, mundane life. You will be living life on purpose, living a huge life. But there are two types of messages that can sabotage us uh, and our future, and and our and our ability to take a hold of what God's got for us, and so it's going to be really exciting. I'm believing that this morning is going to be a morning of freedom. For some of you guys, you've been living in this tension of, uh, what am I supposed to be doing in my life? And 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 there's this sense of, I'm waking up, and I'm not really sure what I'm meant to be doing, or, or you know, there's all this stuff. And look, all of us go through that, but I'm hoping that today you'll be able to more clearly judge for yourself what is from God, and what is actually uh, uh, something that, that is stopping you from reaching out for what God wants for you. So let's just pray. Yeah? Let's, I need God's help this morning to deliver this message. And God, I just pray that the words that I speak are not just clever words. They're not just words that I've prepared, but these words are from you. This will be a message from you to each and every person. Let it get into our hearts. Let it bring truth and let it bring freedom. In the name of Jesus, amen. Anyone wants that? Say amen. 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 Cool. We are going to be drawing from a character in the Bible called Gideon. Now, if you've been following us and our Bible reading plan, Project 73, you just read his story only a, a week ago, maybe? And Gideon is amazing he is one of the heroes of the Old Testament. And and what was going on was that there was this uh, opposing um, nation called Midian, and they were ravaging the land of Israel. They were taking away all the crops, all the food, and they were just making life like hell for the Israelites. And so the Israelites were hiding away, and they called out to God and said, God, we've we've done wrong, save us. And God raises this man up called Gideon. And, And the turning point in this whole story is when Gideon fights the Midianites. Now, the Midianites had an army of 135,000. 135,000. If you watch Lord of the Rings, the orc armies, I don't believe, even comes close to 135,000. And these guys are supposed to be a lot uglier than them, I believe, in my my imagination. If you're a Midianite, you're worse than an orc. Um, I don't know if this is my imagination. But God... Um, sends Gideon to fight against this crazy huge army of 135,000 with 300 men. And as I was like getting ready for this message, I was looking through, I didn't actually save it, but you know the, the, the movie 300? There was a whole bunch of like Gideon's 300 and all that, that stuff. It was, yeah, kind of interesting. But how many of us have been in that place where, you know, you get this dream. this this sense that God's wanting to do something Huge in your life. You you know that your life on earth is not just about working. Mondays to Fridays and and partying and drinking on the weekend uh, and forgetting everything that's going on uh, for all your young years and then you suddenly get to this point where I need to settle down, you have a family, you have that 2.5 kids, you have that massive house that you have wanted to, you go on vacations but then suddenly one day you wake up and you go what was that all about? But then when you think about, man, there is something more I'm supposed to live for, and then you come to this place where it almost seems like there is this fight that you have to go through, and this fight is against insurmountable odds. It's, it's, it's like you've got your 300, and God's saying, if you want more, if you want breakthrough, you have to go through this army of 135,000. Have you ever been in that place where you looked, and maybe God gave you a, a slight glimpse into your future, and you're saying, man. And that is something that would be nice, but in front of that picture, in front of that goal, in front of that purpose, lies this army that I, in, in, with what I have, I am unable to get across, and, and, and I think that many of us stop short of getting through to the meaning and purpose that God has got for us, because we see those odds, we don't like it, and so we settle for what we have. But God had in Gideon a man of faith, a man that would break through that army of 135,000. And Gideon actually ushered in 40 years of peace and prosperity for a whole nation. All because he decided, God's called me to this. And if he's on my side, no matter what the odds are, I'm going to be able to break through. You see, that's the kind of life that I believe that God wants for each and every one of us. Uh, the God so often in the Word, He says that if I'm with you, who can be against you? He says that one of you will put a 1,000 to flight and two of you 10,000. There's this sense that we are supposed to be an army that always fights against insurmountable odds. And that is the message uh, that God has for us. But the message when it first came to Gideon, Gideon wasn't as much a man of faith, uh, and God had to bring him through a, a little bit of a change of heart, a, a season, a, a practice round, if you will, to get him to a place where, when he saw 135,000, and then he looked around and he saw what he had, he was like, this is enough. And, and, and so I believe that God wants to take us through this, this season of preparation because there are fights that are ahead of some of you that look like you don't, you're, you're not going to win. But what I want you to see is that if you have something that I'm going to talk about a little bit later, it doesn't matter what the odds are. And you will break through. And that's the kind of breakthrough that I want for each and every one of us. And so we're going to look at this process that God brought Gideon through. And we'll start in Judges 6 verse 11. And this is when God called Gideon. And it says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Ab- right." While his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, almighty man of valor. The Lord is with you, almighty man of valor. Um, You see, something that I realize in my life is that before God gives you that mission and purpose, He wants you to know who you are. Before God asks you to do anything, He affirms who you are. He, he comes to you and He lets you know, I am with you. And when I am with you, you can take your identity from that mighty man of valor, mighty woman of faith, mighty man of courage, mighty woman of breakthrough, mighty whatever you are. When you know that God is with you, you can, you can be certain of who you are and whatever comes next doesn't really matter. Does that make sense? For some of us, we get into this place in our lives where we think that when God speaks to us, it's always about what we're supposed to be doing. It's always about what we are doing wrong. Oh, no, I spoke to God, and God told me I need to do this thing now. If not, He's going to be really unhappy with me, and He's not going to bless me. That's the kind of mentality that I used to carry, and that was the kind of mentality that I believe many of us have, that I remember growing up. And, and when, when, when someone was teaching us how to pray, the number one thing that I was supposed to do when I first got into God's presence was to confess my sin and to make sure that God forgave me. And I believe that that brought in me a mindset that my sin, the things that I'm doing, has a greater value and a greater impact in God's love for me. It it, it caused me to feel that if I don't deal with this sin and I don't deal with this stuff that I'm meant to be doing, God is not going to be with me. But I find in the Bible time and time again, it doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter whether you're fearful or full of faith. God still comes to people in that situation, whether they're hiding or they're living a life of courage. And he says to each and every person, I am with you, you mighty man of valor. And that is the message that God was bringing to Gideon when he called him. He said, I am affirming your identity. But let's look at how Gideon responded to that. Gideon said to him, Please, sir, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian." You have God saying, I am with you, mighty man of valor. And Gideon's response is, the Lord has forsaken us. There was a disconnect between what God was saying and what Gideon was receiving. And I believe that's because Gideon was actually internalizing another message that was in conflict with what God was saying. And this is the first type of message that we need to be uh, 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 vigilant about. We need to be watching out for this message. And this is the message that our situation or experience is giving to us. Many of us are dictated to by our experience of what is going on rather than what God is actually saying. We read about how in the Bible, God is a healer, but our experience of what is going on in my life is that God doesn't heal. And instead of taking a hold of the Word of God, we take a hold of our experience and we live out of that experience. You know, uh, Maybe you run a business, and in that business, uh, you, you understand that God has a plan uh, for you to be successful. He wants you to find breakthrough in what you are doing, but right now you're going through a crisis, and you're not really sure what you're supposed to be doing, and you're internalizing the message of your experience. And, take, and, and let me just say, this is common. This is easy. It is the easy route to take. Why? Because you can feel it. You can see it. It is happening to you, but God's message is sometimes when it comes to you, it feels like it is so far away, and trying to hold on to what God is trying to say can be a lot harder than what the world is saying to us right now. But the problem, the problem with internalizing the messages from our situation and our experience is that a situation and experience changes a lot. That means at one moment, you're going to be at the top of the world. The next moment, you're going to be down in the dumps. One moment, you're going to understand that you are a mighty man of valor. But the next moment, you feel like you're the scum of the earth. When you are allowing your experience to tell you who you are, it is never sustainable. One moment your business hit a, I don't know, a lucky break and you earn millions, but the next business decision that you make loses those millions. So are you a good businessman or are you a bad businessman? One moment your child is doing well in school, getting straight A's when they are 13 and then they hit 14 and the hormones kick in and they are failing school, you go from good parent to bad parent. I'm a preacher, and as a preacher, one week I preach a good message, people respond, I'm a good preacher. Next week, no one responds, I'm a bad preacher. We go through our life, and we allow experiences to give us cues as to what our identity is, and we are fluctuating up and down. One moment, you're beating the world. Next moment, you can't do anything, and that is not the kind of life that is going to take you to a place when, in your face of your 135,000, you are saying, I can't do that. The experiences that you see uh, in, in our life with God is always going to be bigger than who you are. And so if your uh, odds, uh, the odds are always going to be against you, which I believe if you want to break through life, you are going to have to face those odds. You have to. If not, what are you breaking through? You're just dealing with things in your own strength. There's no breakthrough in that. But if you want a breakthrough, you have to understand that you're going to be faced with an experience that says that you're not going to be able to do this. And what Gideon, because of what his experience has told him, he was hiding. Even though God had a message for him saying, you're a mighty man of valor, he allowed his experiences in that moment to cause him to shrink away. See, one thing I learned about the mission of God in my life is that it's never about me is never as small as me. It's never as tiny as me. My mission in life is not about how rich I get or how happy I am. My mission on earth is God's kingdom, which is far greater than anything that I can ever imagine of. But in order to reach beyond that, I need to walk past my experience. But we carry on and we read how God responds Um, to Gideon, and this is in verse 14, and, and the Lord turns to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do I not send you? See, I love this, because God's actually telling Gideon, I'm putting in you the ability to change this experience and situation you're in. While it doesn't look like God's actually fully answering the question, but he's actually saying, This situation turns around because I'm sending you. See, if we are allowing our experiences to dictate to us who we are, we cannot change it. If we are subject to what is happening in our world, then we are unable to change it. Does that make sense? we, We can't get beyond the thing that defines us. We cannot get beyond the labels that we are putting on ourselves. We cannot get past the perspective that we are putting on the situation. And that's why God is saying to him, change your mind. You are able to do this because I am sending you. But once again, Gideon says, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, but I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. I love that. You shall strike the Midianites as one man. That army of 135,000, God's actually saying, you, one person. When I send you, nothing can stand against you. But in Gideon's response, there's a second message that I believe is even deeper than the message of our experience, and that's the message of our status in society. We grow up and we learn how to take our cues from our experience and what is going on. And we end up with a status, a label of who we are and where we are at. And this is one of the greatest challenges that as a pastor I've had to deal with, with people. The number of people that said, My, um, God has called me to do this, but I am too inexperienced. God has called me to do this, but I am too uh, Untrained. I'm not skilled enough. I haven't gone through enough education. I've not gone through enough of that. I have a status in my life that is saying to God, I am unavailable for the more that you've got for me. And many of us are actually stopping ourselves from taking a hold of what God has got for us because the status in your heart is saying unavailable. So, Gideon, when God says, I'm sending you, immediately he thinks of these reasons. For him is reasons why he shouldn't be the man. And I think in today's day and age, there are many messages from our status that we can take. I struggle with depression. I struggle with anxiety. I struggle because my family is broken. I struggle because I was abused as a child. I struggle because I'm dyslexic. I struggle because the medical profession put this label on me. But that's why God is choosing you. Because He's looking past your status and what the world's throwing at you. And He's saying, I made you to be more. I made you to be greater than the labels that the world can ever put on you. So that when you break... Through people will know it wasn't you; it was actually me, and that's what God wants to do through you. That's why God's bringing you to a fight that is bigger than you, so that when you break through—not if, but when—you break through, the glory goes to God. God has no intention of breaking you down. When you are faced with the odds that's in front of you, it's not God's intention to say, "I'm going to make a fool of this little one," because it makes me pleasure. God doesn't do that. It doesn't bring him any pleasure to. Break you, it brings in pleasure and it brings in glory when you succeed. Does that make sense? No parent, no good father is looking to break their child. Every father is looking for the child to succeed. But when a child is a baby and walking seems like such a a, a task in front of them, the dad's not going to go. All right, you can stay where you are. Because the dad knows that until that child learns to walk, that child won't be able to learn how to run. Without the child being able to run, the child won't be able to live out the life that God has to... And I know I'm talking about something quite simple, but it's the same. It's the same with God. God is not wanting you to stay where you are, but He also knows that in front of you is a challenge that is great, but He's going to bring you through that. So we need to learn that our experiences and our status are trying to give you a message of who you are. I want you to take a moment right now. What is your experience and your status speaking into your heart? Right now, can you think of what are the labels or what are the reasons or maybe excuses that you have been using recently? What are those things that are actually telling you What God is saying to me is so far away. Because if you can recognize those messages, you can do something about it. If you recognize those messages, you can start to reject them. And when you reject those messages, you can start to hear what God is saying. For Gideon, he started to hear, God is wanting to do something in me. It took him a little bit of time with God, talking through those messages. But now he was at the point where he was saying, Okay, God's actually calling me. He doesn't care about what my experiences tell me. He doesn't care about what my status is. He still wants to use me. When you get to that point, you can do something about it. And God's going to bring you through that breakthrough. And this is what breakthrough looked like for Gideon. It's found in Judges six twenty-five to 27 That night the Lord said to him, take your father's bull and the second bull seven years old and pull down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the Asherah that is beside it and build an altar to the Lord your God on the top of the stronghold there with stones laid in due order. Then take the second bull and offer it as a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah that you shall cut down. So Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had told him. But because he was too afraid of his family and the men of the town to do it by day, he did it by night. God told Gideon, you need to tear down this altar. What has that got to do with identity? What has that got to do with the messages? See, Baal and Asherah, they were the gods of the Midianites. They were the very gods that the Midianites believed empowered them. When you are worshipping the gods that's empowering your enemy, and your enemy far outnumbers you, how are you supposed to win? And in our life, many of us are allowing the messages from our enemy, tell us who we are. And until we cut down that voice in our life, we won't be able to break through. And so God tells Gideon, you know why you think your experiences and your status determines who you are? It's because you're hearing the wrong voices. You're having the wrong voices in your life. You need to make a change. And so he tells Gideon, go tear down that altar of Baal and cut down the Asherah pole. And what he was supposed to do with that is to take those voices that used to define him and build his altar and say, God, I am listening to you and you alone. What voices have you allowed to speak to you? Are your experiences and your status, you know, when we talk about experience and status, quite often there's actual voices, Uh, a people maybe, that is actually telling you that you're not good enough, is actually telling you, quite often is your own voice, quite often is that voice of insecurity inside your heart. And I've had that voice for many years in my life. I used to do everything that I did, even though it looked good on the outside. On the inside of me, those voices were saying, no one recognizes what you're doing, Nate. No one thinks that you are good enough. You are going to be in this spot forever. I felt this call of God to do something so much bigger. But there was a voice on the inside of me that I was hearing that was stopping me from fully trusting that what God has for me is, is, is good. And this is what I learned. That when, uh, that when breakthrough comes in this situation, this is what happens. Uh, in, in previous times, my experiences and my status used to dictate to me who I was. But when I break through, my experiences and my status is now dictated to by my calling God, by what God is actually saying to me. So I've got a little bit of an example from my life. You know, when I was, uh, um, I think it was 2009, and I was a staff member at Center Point Church, and I'd been a staff member for a little while by that point, um, but I couldn't see any promotion in front of me. I couldn't see anything that um, was going to open up for me. I felt like I was stuck, and I felt like no one was valuing me. My experience and my status told me that I was here. I could feel like God was calling me here but my experiences was telling me that I'm here. My status was that I'm here and and what that created in me when I started to listen more to this voice than the voice of God is that I started to feel really shaken up on the inside. I started to look for ways out. I even contemplated leaving Center Point Church in order to find other people that could affirm me and could tell me that I was doing well. I nearly went on some doom um, uh, projects because I was saying that project will give me the worth that I, I, I need. It will give me the worth that I want. It's by God's grace and by uh, some wisdom uh, from my pastors um, that, could, uh, that allowed me to stay and to work through that, 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 that season in my life. And it literally was only a year later that I became a pastor. For I was in a place where I thought that would never happen for me. I was in a place that I thought uh, that no one valued me and no one saw the worth that was in me. I was getting all broken up on the inside when I didn't know that God was actually turning things around and working something in my life to get me ready for just a years later, uh, to, to bring promotion to my life a year later. I can't even begin to imagine that if I wasn't listening to what God was saying, where I would be. But He was saying that that experience needed to be subjected to what he was saying. He was calling me to work in the church and to build a church. And that season where there wasn't a promotion was simply me getting ready for what was coming next. It, I shouldn't have seen it as an obstacle. I should have seen it as an opportunity. And some of us have got experiences and situations in our life where we are allowing that to speak worth to us. When God's simply saying, you need to subject that to the worth that I've already given to you and the call that I've given to you so that you can see truly what this experience and situation is meant to be for. Does that make sense? Fast forward another uh, few years and... Uh, about two and a half years ago, Beck and I received three different prophetic words that we were going to plant a church. At that point, we were already campus pastors at Centerpoint Church, and um, yeah, Pastor Joel heard that, uh, these words that were spoken over our lives, and he told uh, us to meet up with him. We met up with him, and this is what he said. I affirm the call of God in your life, but right now I need you to wait for a year before we can talk about this again. Now, if you ever received an exciting call of God in your life and you get told, put it away for a year, you know that year is going to be hard. You know that that year is going to challenge you. And you know that that year is going to bring up all sorts of stuff. But because I had learned from my previous experience how to subject my experience to the call of God rather than be subject to that experience, I subjected that experience. And I said, God, you want me here for another year. And you are going to bring me through this year. I'm going to be better for it. I'm going to be ready for what God has got for me. You see, when we tear down the voices that are trying to speak worth into our lives, we stop trying to get that worth from our experiences and our status and what people are saying about us, and we subject it to God so that we can truly see what we're meant to do in this current season. I know I've kind of gone on a bit of a roundabout way of saying a few things, but basically, for me, it comes down to Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. And it says this: trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. What that looks like for me is that no matter what my experiences are trying to tell me, and no matter what my status is, where I am right now, my worth comes from God. My value comes from God. My calling comes from God. And I love that the Bible includes this little description where Gideon did this whole flip around thing in the middle of the night because he was scared. Now, I used to think that if I was scared, God wouldn't bless me. I don't know, us Christians, we've got really stupid mindsets, don't we? We we, we go through life and we think that God's angry at stuff and then God's not. God's not even concerned about some of that stuff because He's got a higher purpose and He's going to bring us through it. But what this tells me that this is a process that is scary. When you stop trying to listen and control what is going on in your life and you are trusting God to bring you through that situation, it's a scary thing. You are giving up your right to be in control of your life. You are giving your right to hide up. You say, no longer am I allowed to hide because God's calling me to do this. What do you need to do to get the right voices in your life? Have you even allowed God to come to you and to speak to you about who you are in Him? This is part of growing up. When we get born, we receive a last name from our family. And we also receive a name, a first name from our family. In the same way, when we come to God, one of the first things He wants to do is to tell you who you are, to give you your identity. Have you allowed God to do that or have you pushed that away? And then from there, When He gives you the call and the mission on your life, are you saying yes to that? Is your status in your life, I'm available for whatever God wants to do in me? Are you saying, I'm not good enough. I can't do that. Are you tearing down the voices that are trying to determine who you are and, and taking the place of God's voice in your life? Or are you actually, even though it's scary, starting to trust this word? starting to trust what He is saying about you. Because when you start to trust this, everything changes. Everything changes. Everything changes. I remember the time that my life wasn't based on this. I was a Christian. I've been born a Christian. I've been going to church all my life. But I never knew how much this spoke about me and i'm saying this now because i really i'm hammering this in because there are people here that your life is based on your experience and your status and god saying no more i'm saying something higher my life changed when I heard that God desired me so much that He adopted me into His family. My life changed when I learned that all the sin that I did is no match for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. My life changed when He, when I started to understand, and not just understand, but put into place as the primary voice in my life that God has a plan and a purpose for me. Some of you need to shut some voices up because it's telling, you that the call is too far away. It's telling you that the army of 135,000 is insurmountable. But I'm telling you right now, and I'm hoping that this is a message from God through me to you, that the 300 with you is greater than the 135,000 that you're going to be faced with. And when you break through that, you will be stepping into what God has intended for you. We need to grow up We need to grow past the mindsets that we've allowed ourselves. I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm too weak. I'm too uh, busy. I've got too much to do. My family is too broken up. Wake up. God is saying, I have called you and you are a mighty man of valor. You're a mighty woman of faith. You have got a purpose and a destiny in front of you. But until you take on that voice, until you dethrone the other voices that are telling you who you are, You are going to be just hiding and living a small, tiny life. We set up Lift Church because we believe that the part of the mission is that we want to make Christianity look attractive once again. That this is not about a list of to-dos. This is not about getting ourselves right with God necessarily. That part is easy. That part has already been done. But what the church needs to do is to activate you in your everyday life. Some of you need to understand that God has you in a position of influence and breakthroughs around the corner and you're going to be infected hundreds and not thousands of lives where you are or where you are going or wherever He's planting you because He is the one who determines who you are. So we can get the band up this morning. I struggled a little bit yesterday putting this message together and I do hope that it's coming through and really the basis of it is, is I know how hard it is to trust God. I know how hard it is to say, God, your voice above any other voice. I know how hard it is sometimes in the middle of that situation to know what God is saying to me. I know how hard it is. And really where I'm at right now is that every day I need to get back to God and say, God, what are you saying to me? It's never as easy as uh, 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 one morning God spoke to me and for the rest of my life I was fine. I'm still in that place of learning how to trust God with all of my heart. And I love the next line, lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. Some of you are trying to understand God through the lens of your experience and your status. and God's saying, stop it. You're not going to understand this. But if you trust me, I'll make your path straight. That's what I hope the message is coming through for you. I'm trying to make it extremely practical because these are the struggles that I go through every day. There are some Sundays that I come here and I look at what's going on and I go home and it's like, that's hard. And what's happening here is a fraction of where I believe God wants us to be. And then I think about the situations that I'm going to have to go through in order to get to that picture where God wants me. And sometimes the thought is, am I the right man for the job? We've all been there, so don't judge me. Some of you are right there in that spot right now. You've given up thinking that you're a person of worth because it's so much easier. It's so much easier living your nine to five week, trying to forget it all on the weekend so much easier save that money up go for a holiday and feel good about yourself but that's not going to take away that ache on the inside of your heart that when someone talks to you about God you're like I don't know where he is he's let me go when the voice of God is right there saying i'm with you mighty man mighty woman so this morning really is just about a recommitment to God. Maybe for some of you, it's about your commitment to God in the first place. It's about saying, God, I want your voice above any other voice. Those other benchmarks that I used to have in my life, tearing it down so that you can speak to me. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lyft, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au